Welcome to another episode, another little bitch of Resting Witch Face, your one-stop haunt for all things spooky, bitchy, and more. I'm Bailey Bennett. I'm Grant Jacoby. Here we are, another day, another mother who killed her children. <laughs> um, yes, by, back by popular demand. Um, for all you sick fucks out there, this is part two of Mothers Who Kill. Thank God. Um, I've I've been on the edge of my seat, so... So this story, as if for those of you, if, if this is your first little bitch. Um, interesting. Here, yeah, good, <laughs> Bold. Interesting choice. Um, for these episodes, we try not to beat around the bullshit. We just slide right into the heart of hell. Right. And just get right to the story. Yes. And if you missed the last little bitch, which was the first installment of Mothers Who Kill, I would, you know, would recommend that you check it out. A real roller coaster it is. of emotions. Um, but... Grant has another one ready for us that we have taken the liberty of just splitting into two just so Mm -hmm. that like two full weeks you're just thinking about mothers who murdered their children. Yeah. Um, And if this is too dark for you, just like be like, you know, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this week off and just call your mom or someone who reminds you of your mom. You know what? Either way, call a mother figure in your life and just just, tell them that you love them. Um. So this story is a story of Andrea Yates. And I just yes. have to say that this is a okay. slight trigger warning. This story does, this story is very dark and it does involve a lot of nuances in mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that is something that you might be triggered by, you know, we won't hold it against you. Just skip the episode, go, yeah. go for a nice little walk, do something nice for yourself. And you know what? Regardless, do something nice for yourself today. Yes. Um, I chose a story not because it's fun right. or funny, right? Um, but because I remember when this happened mm-hmm. growing up, and I remember being. This actually is the reason I wanted to do this kind of stories because I was like, this is a case that has stuck with me. And yeah. you know, when we did our Instagram live, and like whenever we kind of open up Q and A questions to you guys, like one of the conversation or one of the questions we should get is what made you interested in true crime or like what made you get into spooky shit? Like what's your favorite murder? Like all these sorts of stories. And like, this is one that I don't like, but it just has stuck with me because I remember being very little and hearing about it and Mm -hmm. being like, how did this happen? Yeah. And because, you know, I would think I was around like 10 when this went down. And and I, even then I remember the narrative being like, Oh, I mean, spoiler, like mom, crazy mom drowns all her kids. Right. She's crazy. Yeah. She's she goes to prison forever. Like and there's so much more to it. So of it's course. almost kind of like I'm just going to get right into right. it. Okay. Um cuz I think yeah, I just I'm saying that like I think sometimes we're exposed to stories in the media that don't always include all the facts, especially totally. when it involves mental health. Yes. So. I and I feel like I'm in the same boat where I I know this story and I I know like a very the broad strokes of it, but I don't think that I know the details and I don't know the nuances of it. So mm-hmm. I'm very interested to hear. Let's get to it. Right. So Andrea Yates was born and Andrea Kennedy in Hallsville, Texas, in July 1964. She was the youngest of five children of German and Irish immigrants, and um, 
Beginning in her teenage years, Andrea began to suffer from a number of mental health issues, such as bulimia, depression, and suicidal thoughts. Mm. Despite this, she graduated from high school in 1982 as the class valedictorian, where she was also captain of the swim team and an officer in the National Honor Society. Wow. She went on to graduate from the University of Texas School of Nursing and worked as a registered nurse at the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center from 1986 to 1994. Wow. In the summer of 1989, she met Russell Rusty Yates. I don't, I don't like the name Rusty. No, no. Let's go by Russell. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Makes you think of a rusty trombone. Yeah. Why? Do you know that ex- expression? No. Uh, go to Urban Dictionary. And look it up. It's <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, so yes, yeah, so they met in 1989 at the Sunscape Apartments in Houston, mm-hmm. and they soon moved in together and were married in April of 1993. Okay. Um, due to their devout Christian faith, the couple said that they, in quote, would seek to have as many babies as nature allowed. Oh. Um, and bought a four-bedroom house in Friendswood, Texas, in preparation. Oh, my gosh. Um, however, Rusty's job had them bounce back and forth between Texas and Florida over the subsequent years, eventually settling back in Houston as Andrea gave birth to the first of her three children, um, sorry, gave birth to their first three children, Noah in oh. 19, February 1994, John in December 1995, and Paul in September 1997. Wow. She's really going. Really cranking it out. Okay. Um, Yeah, I know they were devout Christians, as I mentioned. I'm not sure what sect of Christianity, not that it matters, but Mm -hmm. I do think it's never a great start to starting a family where it's like, it's not like, oh my God, like we just like, we love kids. Like we want to have, like, we want to have five kids because like, we think we'd be amazing parents. And like, even if you're like, it's God's like, we're like, we just like, we're meant to be parents. I mean, like, we're just, we just want to crank out as many babies as possible. Yeah. Spread. Like, I don't even know. It's weird. And PSA, like we have an overpopulation problem just so everyone knows. Um, you don't have to have that many children, but you can also adopt. Yes. There's a lot of kids out there already. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, following the birth of, their fourth child, Luke, in February 1999, Andrea's mental health began to began, began to deteriorate. Well, it's also like she's been dealing with this since she was a teenager. Oh, yeah. And just kind of like pushing ahead. Mm-hmm. And like I'm making a lot of assumptions about this, but if you are if you're a devoutly Christian, you're probably coming from a more conservative family and you're probably yes. coming from a situation where they they don't feel it's appropriate for you to go to therapy or to talk about your mental oh, health. Like, not. I'm sure she's been suppressing this for her entire life. A hundred percent. Okay, great. Um, which just continues. So on June 16th, 1999, about four months after her fourth child, Luke, was born, Rusty found Andrea shaking and chewing on her fingers. Oh. And the next day she attempted suicide by overdosing on pills. Oh, God. Upon admission to the hospital, she was prescribed antidepressants to combat her mental health. Um, soon after her release, Andrea had another episode where she held a knife up to her neck, begging Rusty to let her die. Oh, no. Honey. Once again, I know. Um, that's why I said trigger warning. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, she was hospitalized, and this time she was given a cocktail of medications that included Haldol, which is a very potent antipsychotic drug mm-hmm. used in the treatment of schizophrenia, Tourette's, mania, and bipolar disorder, psychosis, and hallucinations in alcohol withdrawal. So, like, she was given, like, a, a heavy, potent Drug. Yeah, that's not... Oh, sorry, many drugs. It just included well, Haldol. Okay. Um, Andrea's condition improved immediately, and she was prescribed to continue taking Haldol upon her release and appeared to temporarily stabilize. 
Um, however, in July 1999, just a month later, um, after, so just a month after her last hospitalization, Andrea suffered a nervous breakdown, which culminated in two more suicide attempts and two more psychiatric hospitalizations that summer. Oh, my God. Um, this time, she was diagnosed with postpartum. This says postpartum psychosis. Oh. This is definitely a copy and paste moment. I'm not, I don't, I've, I've heard of postpartum depression, obviously. Yeah. I've never heard of postpartum psychosis. That might be a dated term or that's a totally separate right. issue. I'm not sure. Okay. Um. So. But still is not, like, she's not, like, talking to anyone. Like, she's not, they're just giving her They're just drugs. pumping drugs into her system. Right. And, again, not a doctor, not a psychiatrist. Right. Not sure about, you know, what side effects these drugs have. I've always been very, I personally, I've always been very taken aback and like moderately disturbed when, you know, when you're just like watching TV and I'll have like a commercial for like Zoloft mm-hmm. or like, mm-hmm. and like they'll like list the side effects and like some of them will be like suicidal, suicidal thoughts. thoughts. And I'm yeah. like, but if this is an antidepressant, like, yeah. not, isn't that kind of the opposite of what it should be doing? Right. So. Well, I think, I think a lot of it is like when people start some kind of drug regimen to help or uh, to help with what they're going through, like it takes a lot of trial and error to figure yeah. out like what's right oh, yeah. for you. Because I, I do think a lot of drugs just like react very differently with different people and have different side effects for different people. But it seems like she's just taking what they give her maybe. Yeah. So um, Andrew's first psychiatrist, whose name is Dr. Eileen Starbranch, it's an awesome name, mm-hmm. um, who was, was treating... Uh, Andrea during this time was shocked and to disbelief when during an office visit with a couple, Rusty and Andrea, I'm assuming it was mostly Rusty, expressed a desire to actually discontinue Andrea's medications so she could become pregnant again. No. Because what would be better for someone who's suffering from no. postpartum depression or whatnot than mm, let's <sighs> knock her back up? Oh my God. Um, Dr. Starbranch. Uh, warned and counseled them against having more children and noted that the medical uh, and noted in the medical record two days later saying apparently patient and husband plan to have as many babies as nature will allow. This will surely guarantee future psychotic depression. Oh my God. However, the Yates conceived their fifth and final child approximately seven weeks after her Jesus discharge. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, the, the, uh, bleh, yeah. These are the things I was like, I didn't like this. Is oh crazy. my God. Um, Sure enough, Andrea stopped taking Haldol in March of 2000 and gave birth to her daughter, Mary, on November 30th, 2000. Because what what is what better than being like, oh, like maybe her medications have stabilized than going off of them. Ah, so as I mentioned, Andrea had stopped taking her medication, but she actually seemed to somewhat stabilize until the death of her father in March of 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, she then stopped feeding her infant daughter, began mutilating herself, and began reading the Bible f- feverishly. Oh, no. She became quickly so incapacitated that she once again required immediate hospitalization, only to be quickly treated and released. Mm-hmm. On May 3rd, 2001, she degenerated back into a near catatonic state and filled the bathtub in the middle of the day. Okay. She was hospitalized yet again, and her new doc- her new psychiatrist, Dr. Mohammed Saeed, determined that she was probably suicidal and had filled the tub to drown herself. Uh-huh. She would later confess to the police that she planned to drown her children that day, but decided against doing it. Oh, so this was already something that was known. Oh yeah, ahead no, of time. and you're like, no worries. Let's send her. Let Let's just okay. Give perfect. her some more. It, I feel like so ping ponged in this situation because like part of me is like, 
Of course, they just like slap a Band-Aid of medicine and like send her on home to her kids when clearly she's like suffering something really, really serious. Right. Another part of me is like, give her more, not give her more medicine, but like regardless, like she needed to be, she needed to take some fucking time. Yes. Either like in treatment or out treatment and get some fucking help. And I mean, it's honestly, I don't know the specifics of the situation, but it's shocking to me from what I've heard that no, that, that the children weren't taken away from her care at this point in the journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's keep going. Okay. So she continued under Dr. Saeed's care until June of 2001 when, um, when Rusty th- then started thinking like, oh, she's, she's doing better. She's seeing this doctor. So he was like, I can leave her alone to watch the children. Dr. Saeed mm-hmm. advised Rusty not to leave Andrea unattended. Um, oh however, God. he still began leaving her alone with the children in the weeks leading up to the drownings for short periods of time, apparently to improve her independence. Um, yeah, like that's mm. okay. I feel like you were given specific instructions, but okay. Um, he had announced at a family gathering the weekend before the murders that he decided to leave her home alone for an hour each morning and evening so that she would not become totally dependent on him and his mother for Andrea's maternal responsibilities. Um, because his, his, so when he, I guess for a while when he wasn't there, his mother would come and be with her and the kids. Mm-hmm. Andrea's brother, um, Brian Kennedy. Uh, told Larry King live that in, that Rusty had expressed him in 2001 while transporting her to the Devereaux treatment facility where she was getting help mm-hmm. that all depressed people needed a swift kick in the pants to get them motivated. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's definitely what they say. Yep. Perfect. Um, Andrew's mother uh, expressed shock when she heard of Rusty's plan while at this gathering when he announced this, um, saying that Andrew wasn't stable enough to care for her children. Yeah. She noted that Andrea demonstrated that she wasn't in her right mind when she n- nearly choked Mary by trying to feed her solid food. Oh, my God. So. I mean, it seems like all the signs are there. Yeah, they're, um, like, the red flags are literally, like, w- they're waving. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, as I mentioned, um, Rusty's mother, Dora, was often. So, it was I think what he would basically do, yeah. So, he would leave her. He would kind of, kind of have a changing of the guard with his mom. Uh-huh. And as he was like, oh, I'm just going to, like, give her an hour in the morning. And then my mom will come and it'll be fine. Right. Um, and indeed, uh, this one morning in 2001, uh, his mother, Dora Yates, was scheduled to arrive to assist Andrea um, one hour after Rusty left that morning. And in that space of that hour, Andrea drowned all five of her children one at a time. That's, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, this is very disturbing, but so if you need to skip ahead, um, she started with John, Paul and Luke. And, um, again, she drowned them one at a time. And afterwards she lay their bodies in her bed after she was done. Oh my God. She then drowned her baby, Mary, Mm -hmm. um, who was less than a year old, whom she left floating in the tub. Her oldest (sighs) Noah came in to the bathroom and asked what was wrong with Mary. He tried to run away, but Andrew caught him and subsequently also drowned him. she left him floating in the tub and laid Mary in John's arms in the bed. Oh she then called the police, repeatedly saying she needed an officer, but would not say why. She then called Rusty, telling him to come home right away. Oh, my God. At the time of their deaths, Noah was seven, John was five, Paul was three, Luke was two, and Mary was just six months old. That is, I mean, there's there's no words. Yeah, it's hor- horrible, yeah. horrifying. Okay. Um, 
Andrea confessed almost immediately to drowning her children, stating that she waited for Rusty to leave for work in the morning and locked the family dog in a cage because she knew that he would, would have prevented her from harming them. Just like so fucking sad. Yeah. <sighs> okay. All right. So at her trial, the defense's expert testimony tried to argue that Andrea was psychotic, but Texas law requires that in order to successfully assert the insanity defense, the defendant must prove that he or she could not discern right for wrong at the time of the crime. In March 2002, a jury rejected the insanity defense and found her guilty, but chose her to spare, the, spare her the death penalty. The trial court sentenced her to life imprisonment in, in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice with eligibility for parole in 40 years. There's more. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, however, on January 6, 2005, a Texas court of appeals reversed the convictions because California psychiatrist and prosecution witness doc, Dr. Park Dietz, uh, Dietz mm. admit, admitted that he had given materially false testimony during the trial. Oh. In his testimony, Dietz had stated that shortly before the murders, an episode of Law & Order had aired featuring a woman who drowned her children and was acquitted of murder by reason of insanity. Oh, wow. However, no episode of Law & Order existed, although an episode based on the Andrea Yates case would actually be later written and aired in 2004. Wait, so he used the Law & Order case in the trial to say, like, there's precedent? Uh, that maybe she got the idea from an episode oh, okay. of Law & Order and was like, oh, I can drown my kids and then say I'm crazy and okay. I'll get away with it. Okay. Because that's something a sane person would do. Right. I, I don't. Okay. Um, the appellate court held unanimously that the jury might have been influenced by Dietz's false, false testimony and therefore a new trial would be necessary. In January of 2006, Andrea entered pleas of not guilty by reason of insanity. And in July of 2006, after three days of deliberation, Yates was found not guilty by reason of insanity as defined by the state of Texas and committed to a low security mental facility in Kerrville, Texas, where she still resides today. Wow. Um, Rusty has stated to the media that he was never told by psychiatrists that his wife was psychotic, nor that she could harm the children. And that had he known otherwise, he would have never had more children. Like, um, I mean, uh, I feel like you did know. However, Andrew revealed to her prison psychiatrist that prior to their last child, in quote, she had told Rusty that she did not want to have sex because Dr. Starbranch had said she might hurt the children. Rusty, she said, simply asserted his uh, procreative religious beliefs, complimented her as a good mother, and persuaded her that she could handle more children. It's also like, okay, like good for you, dude, to be like, oh, you're a good mom, like, because you, because guess what, like, you get to go to work every day and leave her home alone where she's clearly suffering. It's like, yeah, uh, you, I mean, there's this is so nuanced, but like, clearly, she does not have the support system that she needs in this husband. Yeah. Yeah, this is, he got, he's a piece of shit because even more disturbing, during the trial, he maintained, he being rusty, maintained the position that Andrea would be found innocent. He had fantasies of having more children with her after she was successfully treated in a mental health facility. Oh my God. And released on the proper medication. He worked his way through various fixes for their damaged lives, such as surrogate motherhood and adoption, which obviously horrified her family, attorneys, and the Houston psychiatrist before eventually he gave into reality that this was probably not going to happen. So he wanted to have more kids after she killed all five of their kids. Yes. Because he was so, he was. What? Yep. What? Just like, what? actually, like, maybe the, like, he honestly is like becoming the bigger issue to me yeah. than she is. Well, well, no, he is. a. This is what I'm saying. Like, this is a reason why I wanted to do the story so bad is because I was like, the narrative of these kind of stories is like, 
oh, the, like the woman's crazy. The woman right. is hysterical. She of killed course. her children. She's nuts. Where it's like, okay, yeah, she had some serious mental health problems, but it's also because like it was exacerbated because her husband would not let her get the help she needed. Including yeah. biggest thing that she needed, not having more kids because guess what? It was only fueling the fire of her mental health and oh her mental health God. issues. Fucking crazy. Rick. Okay. <sighs> um, Rusty and his birth family claimed um, that the combination of antidepressants improperly described, prescribed by Dr. Saeed in the days before the tragedy were responsible for Andrea's violent and psychotic behavior. Allegedly, Andrea was on 450 milligrams of Effexor, among other medications, which is twice the recommended dose. Dose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Furthermore, Effexor lists hom- homicidal ideation as one of its side effects. Again, like, why? Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, it's like, this drug may cause you to commit murder. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Um, however, this theory has been countered by saying that her withdrawal from Haldol was much more likely to induce such behavior than Effexor, which makes a whole hell of a lot more sense that withdrawal from a heavy, heavy narcotic is going to have you right. have some um, problems Ugh. more so than you being on a medication to begin with. Jesus. Um, all right. We're getting there. Um, in the aftermath of her 2006 retrial and insanity verdict, television journalist Chris Cuomo reported on ABC Primetime that Andrea Yates' delusions were fueled by the extreme religious beliefs of a bizarre um, internant street preacher named Michael Warnieki. Oh, God, okay. Warnieki is a traveling preacher whom Rusty had met with while attending Auburn University, and um, this dude preaches fire and brimstone messages and teachings found in his newsletter called The Perilous Times, which the Yates family had received on occasion and was entered into evidence's trial. Okay. Rusty said his family's relationship with Warniecki was not that close and that Warniecki um, did not cause Andrew's delusions. And Warniecki maintained that his correspondence with them was within was with the intention of helping them strengthen their marriage and find the love that he says his own family had found in Jesus. Because oh, okay. when has that... When has looking to Jesus ever gone wrong? <laughs> Um, when has Christianity ever, like, Jesus. fucked over Jesus. everyone? Okay. Um, both men agreed that alleged connection between his message and her mental health was nothing more than media-created fiction, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, what is more likely is that Andrew's actions were a mix of mental health issues, consistent waning, and poorly monitored medications, as as well as religious ideations. While in prison, Andrew stated that she considered killing her children for for almost two years and added that she thought she was not a good mother and claimed that her sons were developing improperly. Oh my God. She told her jail psychiatrist, quote, it was the seventh deadly sin. My children weren't righteous. They stumbled because I was evil. The way I was raising them, they could never be saved. They were doomed to perish in the fires of hell. Uh She also told her jail psychiatrist that Satan influenced her children and made them more disobedient. Oh my, there's so, so much going on. There's a lot to unpack and like not a whole lot of time to do it. But my, I think that there's no, like, there's no one person to blame. Like I think, yes, it, I actually do think it'd be like really easy to be like, it's the preacher's fault or it's Christianity's fault. And I, but I, I while I don't think that's the case, it's goes, it's like pretty fucking obvious that, you know, obviously she was struggling a lot with her mental health. Right. And these religious ideations were certainly not helping. Right. If she's thinking that she's so evil that her children mm-hmm. are evil. Yeah. That on top of what she's, she's already like not in a, a, a state to be able to, to care for them. And then it's just, 
there's so much was stacked against her and like i'm not i'm not defending her because like she did something absolutely unforgivable but like i don't i don't know how she could have gotten herself out of this situation no me neither and if she hadn't i mean there were just there were so many warning signs and there were so many people that were around her that could have helped her including her own family and doctors and the unfortunate fact of the matter is that no one no one did enough and unfortunately you know it's the fact that like she if she was suffering from these thoughts for over two years it's like there were so there were so many times intervene and the fact that she was she'd filled up the bathtub recently yeah there were just like there are so many warning signs and no one helped her and unfortunately because of that she went through with her what her delusions were telling her to do and it's so (sighs) it's just so tragic that Five children. Right. No, that suffered in like a new. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's not so much, it's not so much sympathy for her as just absolute heartbreak for them because it's like there were all the signs that would have saved those five kids. She literally told them, I filled up the bathtub to kill my children and then decided against it. Granted, she did say that later after the murders. Okay. Like, they, I think they were like, oh, like, because she had had so many suicide attempts and, you know, they thought threats she, of suicide okay. that she, they thought she was going to drown herself. And later she was like, no, I was going to kill my kids. And they were like, mm, oh, whoops. Okay. All right. I mean, that, <laughs> that changes it a little bit, but it's, it's still, it still seems like there were so many signs there. And yeah. other people in her family saying, like, don't leave her alone with the kids. Like, she cannot be alone with the kids. Which, but, but then, like my my argument, kind of is like, okay, if if they knew if right. they knew that she was so unstable that she couldn't be with her kids alone, right? Maybe she needed to like not be with her kids for like a little longer than that. Like maybe she needed to like stay where she could be treated, right? Um, right. If because if it was like, wasn't it her mother or his mother was he was helping them out? Like his mother. If his mother was that concerned, would wouldn't she just? Be like, I'm gonna take the kids for a while. Yeah, I just guess go, it's... go stay with grandma for like a couple months. Yeah, I mean, hindsight they, is they, 20, 20. Yes. Um, Clearly, like the signs were there, but I don't. I, honestly, like, I, I'm sure that it got to the point where people were like, if they had the thought, like, oh, she might kill all five children, they'd be like, oh my god, that's so ridiculous. I can't yeah. believe I ever thought that of her. Yeah, like it's so absurd that you think you think it could never actually happen. For sure. All right. Um, for what it's worth, uh, in 2004, Rusty filed from divorce from Andrea saying that they no longer lived, to, they had no longer lived as a married couple since the day of the murders, which obviously, uh, yeah. she's, um, in prison. Um, and he ended up remarrying in 2006 and had one son and has since been divorced. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Andrea is still in a low like a minimum security mental health facility where she, I mean, she's up for parole and these murders were in the early 2000s. So she still has got another 20 years left. Is she um, getting better? Is she getting help? Do we know? No, just known about it. I mean, yeah. she, I mean, hopefully she's getting the help she needs, mm-hmm. but I would, I mean, ugh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, mm. Okay. Yeah, that's the episode. Uh, I, I totally, I, I mean, I absolutely get the fascination with it, but I also, I, I think what you're saying is right. Like, it's important 
to know all of these facts and to try to look at it from from every angle and like try to look at all the nuances of it and like clearly like we haven't done the most extensive research into this. I'm sure there's more no. stuff out there, but it's just one of those things that I remember being so haunted by the story because I remember being like, how could a mom do this to her children? Yes. I remember hearing like, oh, she was schizophrenic. She was crazy. She like went nuts, drowned her kids. And it's like, it's so easy to put that, that those as facts on paper and not right. listen to like, oh, like who else is culpable and like what else is, what other factors were at play? Totally that um, went undocumented, or at least in the public media and my um, recollection of it. So, right. Well, we hope you, you know, enjoyed this. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I just really wanted to brighten up your Tuesday morning with you. this tale of death and whatnot. But <laughs> sometimes you got to lean into the... Yeah. Because it's also, I think one of the reasons I actually really enjoyed doing this podcast is because it's it's caused me to kind of similar when we did the story with um, Diane, not Diane Downs, the, um, what was her last name? Diane. Oh, Aunt Diane. Yeah. Who mm-hmm. drove her. Like, it's like, that was a very similar story where it's like, that stuck with me mm-hmm. as a child. Just mm-hmm. being like, again, this like notion of how could a mother do that to her children? And mm-hmm. I like, Oh, well, like what else was going on? And kind of like, Sorry, I got a little sidetracked. But what I'm saying is, like, one of the reasons I love doing this podcast is it it, it gives me opportunity to go back to those stories that I remember and like yep. those stories that have fascinated me and be like, oh, everything I like thought isn't actually entirely true. Totally, yeah, absolutely. So I want and to kind of spread that wisdom, right? Because it happened, and it's mm-hmm. so tragic that it happened. But a lot of people do know not not all the facts. So now you know. Now you know. Um, thank you guys so much for listening mm-hmm. uh, as always um, you can follow us at RWF podcast on social media email us at RWF podcast at gmail.com um, and you know we'll we'll see you next week for hopefully maybe something a little lighter we'll yeah we see. can we can um, I think I think it's my story again next week so mm-hmm. maybe we'll do something um, not as bitter of a pill to swallow yeah okay uh, uh, until then sweet dreams <laughs> Bye, Bye, bitches. bitches.